Welcome to Ms. Interpreted, her podcast of public relations and strategic communications, demystified by Kelly Fletcher and Fletcher Marketing PR. I'm Kelly Fletcher, CEO of Fletcher Marketing PR, and I'm here with my colleague, Fletcher Senior Strategist, Mary Beth West. Today, we're going to be talking on the topic of ethics in public relations. So much for taking things slow with this new Exactly. Podcast, yes. Huh? Yeah. Just wading into the waters very methodically Let's just dive and slowly. In deep into yeah. ethics <laughs> right. right out of the gate. Exactly. So, September is Ethics Month within the public relations profession here in the U.S. Right. And with Ethics Month, social media is full right now with hashtags like PR Ethics, Ethics Month, and Power of Ethics, all discussing this hot topic which is also an evergreen topic and something that we need to be thinking Mm -hmm. about all the time as public relations professionals. Most of us would probably agree communications ethics is one of those foundational things in PR that's ever present. It never goes Mm -hmm. away. We can't get away from it. It's never a back burner issue. Ethics is always relevant for us who care about driving genuine public trust, for our employers, clients, and the brands that we manage. It's relevant for anyone, whether you're in PR or not, who cares about doing the right thing, the right thing by the public with integrity. And we should all be concerned with that. So I'm sitting here with Mary Beth West, who is arguably the PR ethics queen. Um, She doesn't always get the Miss Congeniality Award (laughs) when it comes to ethics because she is so completely um, passionate about making sure that our profession is well served when it comes to ethics. If you've followed Mary Beth over the past several years, she's taken a very public activist stance on this issues for a lot of reasons. And, you know, Mary Beth has served on the National Board of the Public Relations Society of America. She's been on the Board of Ethics and Professional Standards for PRSSA, for PRSA, excuse me. And she is also a national co-chair for Champions of PRSSA, which is our student association. So she really knows what she's talking about. So the question that comes to mind, Mary Beth, is why the heck do you care so much about ethics? You've spent the past three years of your life, a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of angst advocating for ethics. You know, why? Well, I guess I would start by saying that I'm the daughter of Don and Nan Chun of Columbia, Tennessee. And it's a it's a genetic thing where I mean, or when I was growing up, the idea of integrity was something that they instilled in me. And uh, it's it's very core to uh, who I want to be. And it's core to what I want this profession to be emblematic of, of you know, you cannot communicate with integrity if your organization is not behaving with integrity. Because inherently, if your organization is not behaving in a way that is ethical and that is doing right by their stakeholders, then you're in the message of crafting messaging that's a lie, more than likely. And that's a big problem. <laughs> it's not a. It's not only a big problem with respect to establishing credibility for the brand and for the company or organization that you represent, but it's also a huge disservice to the public relations profession because it feeds right into that narrative, into that stereotype that we are in the business of ob- obfuscation and, and smoke of, and mirrors, exactly, and, and, yeah, and, and transparency, yeah, and you know, I, um, I'm also a product of the University of Tennessee School of Journalism and the public relations program there, and in those formative years from about age ages 18 to 22, when I was in school. The idea of integrity and how you communicate 
was very much instilled accuracy, 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 uh, making sure that uh, there is there is real fundamental data and fact backing up every message that you put forward in the public domain. So I came out of that environment. So I, you know, I grew up grew up with that ethic at home, but I, it was also instilled into me uh, from a professional context from my very formative years as a student and as a as a PRSSA student in that organization. And I had the opportunity to have many fantastic mentors in PRSA, especially in the early years. Uh, Dwayne Summer comes to mind. He was a, a, a UT alumnus who was a who is a past national chair of PRSA. Um, Dave Bakovsky is a, a, another dear friend and mentor of mine who uh, I met, you know, many many years ago. Who throughout the years has helped guide a lot of my thinking on this. So this seems so simple. It seems like a no-brainer. You know, what is it about ethics and public relations that people working in PR seem to struggle with mostly um, in this present day? I mean, why is ethics such a difficult topic for some? I think that as soon as it, we went in from a paradigm of media relations being a core aspect of what we do for a living in terms of translating the corporate story into traditional news media, you know, to traditional news media and coverage. When social and digital media really started getting cranked up about 20 years ago, and of course it, it really ratcheted up with the advent of so many of these social media tools that are now very commonplace, it gave rise to the opportunity for anyone to be a communicator and for really a lot of shenanigans to be going on in terms of, and and we are dealing with that so much right now with regard to uh, fake, this fake news aspect, uh, fake accounts, fake, all kinds of content out there that is not trustworthy. And you look at some of the Pew Research data that's out there right now with respect to how much the public trusts, not only what they see on social media, which is, you know, very low in large part, but even news media are now having to deal with a credibility crisis. So it, it's the ethics of what we are communicating and how we are communicating it that is so central to some of these issues in society right now. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like the media has been almost criminalized from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what issues surrounding ethics um, get such bad PR sometimes, or or why so many people, including the media, seem to misconstrue what public relations truly is or or what it should be about? Well, I think that there's always been that divide with the news media, a little bit of that, maybe not little, that adversarial relationship, that they were the ones who are always out there to get at the truth, to be whistleblowers, I guess, for certain industries, um, towards certain companies. And in public relations, we were always in that defensive posture on behalf of those companies, trying to make sure that that, their story got told, which every company and organization has a right to communicate, in my view, in a democracy. Uh, But we are, again, because of social media, because of digital communication, so much has gotten flipped on its head. Um, And we are now in in a time where journalism, in many people's view, is becoming overtly politicized in certain ways, which does not help the credibility of the journalism and news media professions as well. Um, and, I th- and I do think that journalism has a PR crisis going on right now, every bit as much as PR has always had a PR problem. Yes. yes. <laughs> so we're in this very interesting 
time where you've got a lot of conflicting dynamics and all of them are undergirded with credibility problems. And, you know, the best way to tackle a credibility problem is to work at what are the either the misconceptions or the realities of what are undermining trust, what behaviors and, uh, you know, types of issues are going on that are creating these problems for us? And how do we tackle that as an as a profession, as an industry? So would you go so far as to say that the public relations profession is in crisis mode? Uh, I would say that we are in a long smoldering crisis, I guess you would say. We, we have been in a, a perpetual uphill battle um, of having to deal with these uh, longstanding stereotypes. And you know, you, you look at what's gone on in the media for decades now, you know, so many media and like movie and television show representations, you know, Samantha from Sex and the City, mm-hmm. the movie Wag the Dog. The, I mean, there's so many movies in far more present day that have not represented the public relations profession in a way that underscores any kind of focus on truthful brokering of information. Right. Samantha was just always throwing parties. Exactly. And yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, we, we are in, in this mode of constantly having to fight these stereotypes. Well, let's talk a little bit more about crisis mode. Um, I think there's a fine line between risk management from a legal perspective when it comes to crisis and being completely transparent with your stakeholders and their very few media crises that don't have some kind of ethics issue at their core. Any company or organization going through a crisis can easily have questions come up or insinuated center on the ethics of the management Mm -hmm, team. mm -hmm. So, for example, are they communicating truthful information? Are they engaged in a cover-up? Now, what do you advise your clients when it comes to crisis and the level of transparency and communication? Well, any company that's or organization that's in a crisis situation, I think the Public Relations Council has to get at the facts of what happened, what what are the realities of what you're dealing with here. And I think Harold Burson, who is, of course, you know, just such a legend in the profession, not only as an entrepreneur, but just also as, as, as someone who has the, the moral compass and the moral center of our profession. Of course, he's uh, founder and chairman of Burson Marsteller. You know, he has often said it best by focusing on the fact that what we should be doing as public relations professionals is not so much just centered on communications. It's on influencing ethical behavior and decision making at its core from the management team. There again, you cannot be putting forth a message that is completely askew from the reality of what an organization is actually doing, what the policies, what the management behaviors are, what the impacts to stakeholders are. Um, As a result of digital media nowadays, everything is instantaneous. Um, A photo can be taken on an iPhone and it go around the world in just a matter of seconds or minutes. And with that, there's just this transparency aspect that there is no hiding. There is no uh, trying to, you know, make something into what it's not. I mean, the, the, the public will see it and the social media will out. So why even 
try to cross that bridge. It's always the best policy to be honest and and, and operate with integrity from from the get go. So that when whenever I'm dealing with a client, certainly in in my experience with with your team, as we've you know dealt with diff- different issues um, over the years, it's very important to get at that heart with with the management team and with the client that you have to be straight with me about what is, what is happening so that we can not only devise what's the best communications message, but what is the best policy behavior leadership decision. Right. Uh, And that's why public relations really needs to be a management function. It needs to lead from the front. It really does. Um, um, PR needs to be in the C-suite all the time. If you've been in this profession very long at all, you've probably encountered a crisis. Um, two that come to mind for me are were, were a massive data breach and a class action lawsuit in which dealing with legal, um, legal mm. didn't want to say anything of from course a they risk don't. management standpoint. <laughs> so, and which is counter to everything that we do in our profession when it comes to transparency and building trust and building a corporate reputation. So, you know, do you think lawyers help or hurt? on the PR front, especially when a crisis occurs. Yeah, I think that we have to be working in collaboration and in partnership with our colleagues in the legal profession, especially in a, in a crisis situation. I think that certainly they bring terrific expertise to the table, but so do we. And we deal with very different issues. Theirs are more so centered in the nexus of the courtroom and ours is centered in the much larger nexus in the court of public opinion, which is global, uh, can be global. So I think that it is always bad practice to only skew toward one or the other because each, when you over-index on decisions that are really only made influenced by one side of that council, you're setting yourself up for big problems. I mean, you don't want to um, you know, under the auspices of a public relations campaign, end up putting yourself at overt legal risk that's unnecessary. But at the same time, you don't want to clamp down on all communication uh, to follow a, a legal piece of advice um, at the risk of your global brand reputation. Because I mean, p- companies have gone, gone under, yeah, yeah, from that because you know, you're you're dealing with investors, you're dealing with donors, you're certainly dealing with customers, suppliers, all of those stakeholder relationships. So it, it is best when legal and PR can work together in an effective way. But I, I think that we have to understand each other's ethics as professions. Um, and it's very helpful if the legal counsel can understand the ethical backdrop of what we are doing, our code of ethics, and why honesty and being forthcoming with information is such a value driver. And you know, that brings me to another point, which um when a PR person violates an ethics code, what happens? You know, when legal <laughs> violates an ethics code, uh, you know, that can open up an entirely different can of worms. But in yeah, I mean, world, they can get happens? disbarred. They I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they are no longer able to practice in their right. profession. And, and we, yeah, we talk about like CPAs, you know, they have to, you know, pass the CPA exam and realtors have to get a real estate license. And but in public relations, we don't really have that. It's, you know, at least in the United States. Um, and, you know, to your question, if a public relations person violates some tenet of our code of ethics, what happens? Well, the answer in the United States is pretty much nothing. <laughs> it, that is not and, good. and therein lies a big part of the problem and why professional association 
in an organization that, you know, you are signing on to a code of ethics as part of that membership is a very important first step. It should mean something. It, it should mean something. Um, now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it will mean something, because in the United States, our um, our major professional association for public relations in the U.S. has does have a code of ethics, but it's non-enforced. It is, quote, inspirational slash aspirational. They position it as a, well, this is a learning opportunity. And this is a, you know, we put this out here for everyone to, you know, follow as a guideline. It's, it's much more, uh, I guess, loosey goosey. Yeah, nebulous. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for the technical. <laughs> well, it's, and, and their their position is that we have tried to go the enforcement route in the past, and we ended up incurring a bunch of legal fees as a result of that. Now, we have another organization overseas, the Public Relations and Communications Association, PRCA, based in the UK, that, I mean, I've really become a student of what they are doing over there. They are a global organization, more than 30,000 members and public relations professionals worldwide, but uh, their approach to ethics is very much compliance-driven, and that resonates with me, especially now, especially with everything that I've observed and, and kind of been through these past several years in trying to advocate for higher standards. I really like this idea that, by golly, if you sign on for membership in their organization and you are signing on to their code of ethics, if you violate that, if your organization violates that, you can be expelled. I mean, there, there should be some consequence and accountability to those types of behaviors. And PRCA has really, really drawn a line in the sand to say, if you step over this and you, you know, you violate the public trust, you engage in these sets of behaviors that uh, under um, undermine public trust, then you will be held to account and you really can't be associated with our community of professionals. Um, you know, we're just not going to allow that to happen. I wonder how PRCA monitors the code of ethics that they have put in place for their membership and how do they enforce the code of ethics? Do you have any idea? They have a very methodical process. They do have a uh, a method for members to be able to report unethical conduct, and it is investigated. And it is done so in a, in a way that, again, is very methodical, very transparent. Uh, and the rules are set forth in the public domain in a way that inspires trust in the process. And unfortunately, even though we've, we've made some steps in that direction within the U.S.-based uh, Public Relations Association, uh, PRCA has really set the standard and is, in, in my view, light years ahead of where we are here in the U.S. In, in, in that respect. What about here in the U.S.? You know, who's advocating for public relations ethics out there on the public stage and who's doing it well here? Mm -hmm. Well, of course, with September being Ethics Month, if you follow the Ethics Month hashtag and PR ethics, I mean, you can kind of get a sense for who's out there uh, uh lending spokesmanship to the issue. And uh, there are certainly within PRSA some individuals who are doing a lot of that work. Um, but, you know, I think that there are some issues within our U.S.-based association of are we putting our mouth where 
putting our actions where our mouth is. You know, are we, are, are we speaking out of both sides of our mouth in that? And when I say we, I mean, you know, the industry voice. Um, there have been some issues there. And um, it does come down to a matter of that core integrity. I, I What I fear about is when an association is advocating and pointing fingers at other individuals or other companies that they are saying, especially in the political sphere, that they are saying are not following a code of ethics when, in fact, the organization has sort of a Swiss cheese approach to compliance <laughs> in and of itself. So th- these are some of the issues that I'm grappling with and that I've tried to bring public attention to because I want it fixed. I want for our profession to be known as one that is a driver of integrity. And you can't do that if you're dealing with credibility problems on your own and, and very avoidable um, problems. You have to walk the walk. Exactly. So if you could advise three things for our listeners to do that would strengthen their stance on PR ethics and help them to build brand trust in ethical ways, what three things would you recommend? Well, I think that, you know, I kind of go back to journalism, my journalism school days, and, and the mantra was always accuracy, accuracy, accuracy. Well, in public relations, it's disclosure, disclosure, disclosure. It's absolutely being able to put forward information that people need for informed decision making, which only inspires trust in the in the source of that information. So, you know, we have to come at this with an ethic of... Uh, you know, building bridges through communication and open lines of communication and not being afraid to be questioned, not being afraid to be challenged in what we are putting forth in the marketplace of ideas. So that's the first item. And I would also say in line with that free flow of information, understanding that we cannot impede other people's opportunity to have a chance at the microphone or try to take away their microphone. Um, We, you know, when we are obstructive of other individuals or parties in, in, in doing that, it only looks like we have something to hide. So we have to advocate even for people who are challenging us to be able to communicate and be able to question. And the third item I would say is policy operations and behaviors first then communications. And again, that comes out of the Harold Burson School of Public Relations best practices. Uh, You know, again, he is such an advocate. And I think the industry really needs to start paying far more attention to that, that we have to help management get the policies, actions and behaviors right first, because only then can communications that inspire true trust building and relationship building with stakeholders really be able to manifest itself? That's such a great point, Mary Beth. I have so much respect for you um, and the wealth of knowledge that you bring to the ethics conversation. I feel like you are the the new up-and-coming um, champion warrior, warrior S <laughs> for ethics and PR. We still have a long way to go in fighting for our highest value system, but your comments today leave nothing to be misinterpreted, <laughs> pun intended. Um, this was a compelling conversation. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I've Thank personally you. learned a lot. Everyone can follow Mary Beth's and other colleagues' comments at the hashtags PR Ethics and Ethics Month. And as always, we will respond to your questions and comments as well. 
if you use the hashtag MsInterpreted, and that's hashtag MsInterpreted. And for visibility's sake, please don't forget to capitalize the PR. If you want to reach me, reach out on LinkedIn, send me a message, let me know you follow the MsInterpreted podcast, and I'll be happy to respond. Or you can catch me on Twitter at Fletcher PR. And Mary Beth, what's the best way to reach you? Yes, the uh, Twitter handle Mary Beth West and on LinkedIn as well. And my email is mb at marybethwest.com. And we welcome your comments and participation. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks for joining us. Until next time. Thanks for joining us on Misinterpreted Public Relations Demystified. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at FletcherMarketingPR.com and on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next time.